The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Seeing some nice double-digit numbers on the beans today. Some higher numbers for the corn and the wheat as well. Jeff Peterson is joining us with Heartland Farm Partners as we are broadcasting today from the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you by the Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. Let's look. A lot of factors, a lot of anticipation. This is kind of like the the big uh, party before the wedding type of thing with the big report coming up on Monday. So as we look at today's, what are you seeing as some of the factors that we're currently watching besides that big red circle on the calendar? I know, and that's a lot of it, Susan, this time of year. We, we have a lot of factors every year going on, but this year it seems like there's even more. And if you just kind of sit back and look at it, weather always comes up to the top. And, and that's a big thing that we're watching right now. But in addition to that, I think the market's also got its eye on that WASDE report, that big old circle like you're talking about. That's an important one. And in the back of its mind, or think of it another way, the environment that we're enclosed in is everything that's going on with China. So those are the big factors right now that's being focused on. A lot of key things to look at. Let's start out with the weather, because you and I were just talking before the start of the Fontenelle Final Bell. I got two inches at my place on Wednesday. We know areas of Kansas that can plummet, and then you've got family that hasn't seen a darn thing. I know, exactly. There's parts of northeast Nebraska that, you know, they've been lucky to have an inch of rain going back the last six weeks. And that's kind of how it is, spotted all the way across the Corn Belt. But I would say the western Corn Belt's been faring better than the eastern Corn Belt. A lot of those areas over there in Illinois that actually started off really good, they're now some of those same areas now that actually are wishing that they had a rain. And it's getting dry enough in Illinois, Indiana, and Ohio as we watch the weekly crop progress numbers and we watch what the percent of short to very short is on the moisture levels. Those areas are getting drawn down, and we're getting to a point that we're definitely peeling the yield back in many of those areas. And some of those guys talked. I know that the secretary was up in southern Minnesota yesterday, and there was questions about prevent plant and would there be enough funding because so many guys, more than what they had predicted, are having to deal with prevent plant this year. Yeah, that's a big item. And as we know, there's going to be a lot of discussion as we come into the WASDE report on Monday in regard to these acres. And I think as we start digging into that acre number, we need to kind of understand how they're going to break that apart. And we know that there's a resurvey that's going on across 14 states, which basically says that's going to be most of the major producing areas. And as they dig into that, they're going to take the area survey. And, and the area survey makes up, think of it as the 640-acre lots or sections. There's going to be about 8,500 of those that they're going to resurvey. Now, the reason that they're doing that is they're going back in because there was a high amount of them back in the June report that said, hey, I intend to plant. So they got to double check whether or not those got planted. Now, that's going to amount to actually talking to probably about 31,000 farmers. So they're going to be doing that. Now, what they're going to do in addition is that when they talk to them and see that there were what was planted in there, but they're also going to ask them, now, what's your intention with that? And that's an important one. Is this going to be used for grain or is this going to be used for silage or is this going to be used for something else? So those all are important factors that, that will eventually make their way into the WASDE report. Now, the other thing that's a little bit different this year is that they're actually going to be also relying more heavily on the FSA data. 
So this is one of the first years that they're actually going to potentially incorporate the FSA data, those certified acres, that certified prevent plant numbers, and bring that into the WASD report. They're also going to be looking at satellite imagery. So all those things are going to come together to give us the acre number in the WASD. So that is something that's got a whole different feel to it because we haven't had to deal with that in past August reports. How is that going to change the mood? of this report information as it's released? Well, I think what we're doing is that we're seeing everybody kind of on the edge of their seats. We're seeing the, seeing the speculative trade kind of adjust their positions more than what we normally would have going into this report. And I think it also gets everybody set up to say if they don't quite see the numbers that they're expecting, could there be some additional adjustments down the road? Uh, some of our numbers would suggest that we think our research would say that we could have 7.5 million acres of prevent plant total. But what that means is that doesn't mean that we're reducing that amount from where the June numbers or the 91 and change number was. We're actually thinking that in this report they could bring the acres down on corn about 3.5 million acres. Okay, Folks have been watching social media, and as last week that tweet went out by the USDA and had a lot of uh, interesting comments back, let's just put it that way, from producers questioning the USDA numbers. So is there going to be even more pressure on this WASD report because we got that little bit of early information from the USDA, not a lot of clarification, and many still wondering. I think there will be. There will be a lot of scrutiny put on it. There's also seems like they've been way more vocal. They being USDA has been more vocal than they have been in the past about sharing some of their early findings, whether those are coming from RMA or where those are coming from. So definitely uh, you know, get on the edge of your seat because it's going to be interesting. And I think the acre number is one of the most important numbers that we're going to see out of the WASDA report come Monday. So that producer that sees that report when it initially comes out, are we going to get a knee-jerk reaction to that? Do we sit and wait? 10, 15 minutes before we, as producers, start to react? You know, that's a, such a wonderful question, actually, Susan, because let's think about what the algorithms are going to do. The algorithms, let's think back to actually when the numbers came out um, earlier and some of the earlier reports, uh, initially going back to the June report, think of the wide trading range we had there. What happened is some of the early numbers were actually positive and the market traded, and then we ended up trading down limit. So I think what they'll do is that they'll see some of the initial numbers come out, the acres and then yields, and then from there, if they see something positive, they'll go ahead and grab a hold of it and trade it that way. If they don't, they'll also back it off. But at the end of the day, though, I think as we look far enough down the road, I think we've got some higher markets coming our way down the road. But it may take until we get the combines running to get enough clarity in regard to acres and yield. That's what a lot of people have said is, is the proof is going to be in the pudding, shall we say as when those combines get in the field and give us those real numbers. Yeah, it also definitely is. I think that's something we're going to have to really be focused on. Well, stick around, folks. We do have a lot more coming up here on the Fontenelle Final Bell. One important question, what if you haven't sold? What are you going to do with those old crop and the new crop that's coming in for both corn and beans? So interesting discussion yet to come. We'll also talk more about the, the WASDE report, and we know that China is also having a little bit of influence in the market trade as well. More is coming up. Stick around. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Jeff Peterson's joining us here for part two. You know, I think everybody's focus has been this WASDE report. What we're going to see in acre numbers, how we're going to be doing comparisons. Let's just throw in there the fact that we've got crop tours starting that are going to be in some unforeseen territory? Maybe is that the right way to put it? I think that's a good way to put it. No way to really do comparisons to last year because the crop isn't that developed. 
Yeah, exactly. The crop is way behind where we normally would see it for this time of year. So do we expect any real big changes, though, in these acre numbers as they factor in? And we talked about some in the first half. As we factor in these FSA information that they get, could there be some big explosion of information that comes out that we didn't see? Yeah, as you're going in and, as you, you know, the thing we always want to focus on is, okay, what do you do with this information and how do you work it into your marketing plan? I think in your marketing plan you do have to be ready for some surprise. Because none of us, let's be honest, none of us knows exactly how all this has came together. Susan, you've seen some of the reports of the big numbers, but then you'll also see somebody who will travel through an area and say, well, it's not as big. And I think the whole discussion on the MFP payment came into play, and it may have caused some acres to get planted, and there may have been some other decisions that happened in areas because of finances that we normally wouldn't see happen if we weren't in the type of year that we're in. So I think you, you can't rule out some bigger surprises. Our numbers aren't that big a surprise. If we take corn acres down 3.5 million from the 91.6, and actually we, we actually think you could actually see bean acres come up maybe 850,000 acres. So we aren't expecting big surprises, but, but you got to be ready for it. So I'm curious, foreign buyers, how closely are they going to be watching this WASD? You know what? They're watching it extremely close. They really are because they, they want to get a handle of where we're sitting. I think a couple things that probably makes it so they aren't watching it quite as closely as they would other years is because of the situation that's going on in China and the fact that Argentina and Brazil had big crops. And on the corn side, Argentina, Brazil, the Ukraine, they've got a lot of exportable supply. So they, they've, that's out there. And then you got to throw in the African swine fever. So the demand is pulled back. And then if you think about the overall world economy a little bit, everybody's a little bit concerned that things are softening, right? And, and why are we thinking that? Well, we're thinking that because we're seeing a lot of countries are cutting interest rates. And as a result of that, we're, we're trying to keep a close eye on all those factors. Really not currency manipulation. Well, you know, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a whole other story we could talk hours about, Susan. What if you've got still have old crop in the bin you haven't sold it or you're looking at your new crop corn and beans and trying to decide what do you do is it best to wait till after this WASD report to make that decision yeah that's a great question and and that's one we're getting asked a lot so i think the easiest way is to let's break it apart into old crop and new crop and if you've got a lot of old crop bushels on hand yet and and i i wouldn't be afraid to go through this report actually and and really just sit where i'm at right now and and the reason i'm saying that is that are you taking a certain amount of risk well yeah you sure are but i think there's still enough uncertainty between now and the time that you're physically going to have to get everything moved even though it's coming upon us quickly um i think you've got some time in here yet um if you happen to be in an in an area where you've got high amounts of prevent plant and that isn't a lot of the listeners but if you happen to get up in parts of you know, it could be Illinois, or if you get out there in parts of South Dakota, honestly, there's some of those bushels that can stay in the bin because they won't need to, to go ahead and move them. The other thing we got to keep in, in mind there on the old crop is the basis levels. There are some very good basis levels. I think basis will stay better than what we expect all the way through harvest. I think it's going to be a later harvest this year, and so we got to start kind of watching out there on this old crop. Could we take some of our old crop, move it in maybe at a time for some of these markets when they're going to need some bushels, utilize some basis contracts so that we can get that set but leave our futures price open is how I think I'd approach the old crop. Well, it doesn't come as any surprise that we're already seeing a lot of frost talk being worked into this market, and here we're sitting you know, early August. Exactly, and, and that just comes back to the whole fact of how late we got this crop in and got it planted, and then that leads us into the next point of talking about the new crop. What do you do if you really haven't sold enough new crop? And because it looked like the market was going to go a lot 
higher and, and it's just taken more time to get the market there. You know, I think you do set back there also. I think between the time that we ultimately harvest and get past that and understand where these yields are at, I think then we'll have to go ahead and get that old, that new crop bushel sold. But if for some reason we're wrong and, and there were more acres planted and or if this crop performed better and there are bigger yields out there, you are going to have to be quick to sell because what we're going to have to start thinking about is we are going to have to start thinking about that 2020 crop and we're going to have to also start thinking about if everything stays like it is right now and bean prices are not that good, how many more people are going to want to plant a lot more corn come next year? So that gets to be a little bit of a slippery slope that we really have to navigate. In many ways, you can't be relaxed on no, this market. You, you really can't be. You want to be. You want to be making sure you're staying focused. You want to make sure you've got good triggers in your marketing plan that's going to help you to go ahead and make those sales. All right, sounds good. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Jeff? Give me a call at 402-366-4694. Check us out on the web at heartlandfarmpartners.com or follow me on Twitter at jeffpeterson01. And we'll hear expanded conversation. By the way, you can catch it through our social media tomorrow. It is Trading Bits and Bytes. Jeff and I are going to take a little bit of a dive into what's going on with China and its effects on the markets as well. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.